True. Fortunately, I have a face for podcasting, so. All right, man. (laughs) Take five. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Brawl Don't Lie. My name is Russell Steinberg. I'm here with my good friend, Meredith Cash. Meredith, how are you? I am doing better than I was 20 minutes ago. I was building Ikea furniture, and I started out strong, and then by the end, you know, famously. Well, no, no, no. There's a middle part where you're just, you want to die, and I wanted to kill the person I was building the furniture with. But then by the end, when it all comes together, it's worthwhile, much like making a podcast. Well, we'll see. It hasn't really come together yet. But we'll get there. Right. We're in the what what phase are we in? The miserable part? Just like we said with quarantine. Purgatory. This is the purgatory of brawl, don't lie. Yeah, well we're in the part, hopefully, like right after all of the frustrating, like having to redo shit and realizing you followed the directions wrong. And right when you think you got it. What do you do? Do I know you? I am here so I don't get fined. I Venmo you when you don't show up. <laughs> right. I'm just here so I don't get fined. No, I am an insider sports reporter. I mostly focus on women's sports. And I met Russ, I think we said three or four years ago. It's been a minute. And we were both covering men's basketball when we first met. But as we got to know each other, I think we both realized pretty early on that we both have an interest in the women's game. and as we got to know each other even better, we re- we sort of talked to each other about our gripes with women's sports coverage in general and specifically how we cover women's college basketball, which is a game we both love and follow closely. Um, and so I'll let Russ give give his background, but that's the, that's the little teaser for why we're here in the first place. Uh, so I work right now for Boardroom primarily, but I also write for The Next, which covers exclusively women's professional and college basketball. And yeah, as you said, we, we both love women's college basketball. We both want to see the game grow. Uh, There are things in the way that it's covered right now that, that we like and that we think can be improved. And we also see a, a space for us to jump in here and try to, give fans a a different option as far as how they are consuming their uh, women's college basketball analysis. I I think that's probably the least offensive way to put it. Part of this, right, is like, obviously, we're never trying to offend, but it's being real and honest. And so I think we could go there and say, women's college basketball coverage in print is thorough. It is honest and it doesn't shy away a lot of times, a lot of the coverage doesn't shy away from criticism, doesn't shy away from praise where it's due and like will engage in debate. And that has been increasingly so in the last few years, I would say. I think we're still missing the mark in broadcast and podcasting. Listen, I think in in men's sports, what, what we traditional sports leagues that are popular in this country or just around the world. Like we love debate. We love to argue. We love to pit two teams against each other, two players against each other, talk about hypotheticals, who's better. 
And I think there is a tendency to shy away from that in the women's game. And really the origin of this podcast came from an example of that where Russ and I were just like commiserating and we were just so frustrated that people were actively avoiding debating about women's sports because like that's what gets people engaged. Things that anyone can can really get behind and understand with ease. And so Russ, I feel like you you can give us the uh, the example there that we got frustrated about during the NCAA tournament this year, which we can now call March Madness, by the way. Yes. Well, actually, we were able to call it March Madness all along. We just chose not to. Now it's March Madness with two Z's at the end. March Madness. We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yes, we will. The example you alluded to, I have never had more fun on college basketball Twitter than during the 2020 NCAA tournament when UConn and Iowa were getting ready to play in the Sweet 16. And the big debate came up about who had the better freshman year, Paige Beckers or Caitlin Clark. And UConn fans dug their heels in and Iowa fans dug their heels in both sides presented their case and fought about it and it was great and coming out of that I saw a decent number of people particularly in the media ask why can't we just celebrate both players being great why do we have to tear one down and that would be a valid question to ask if anybody was tearing down one of those players. But that was not the case. We were debating which was better. And sports in general, no matter what it is, is a product for the fans. And what makes it fun for the fans is debate. And it's me telling you why my team is better than your team. And then you disagreeing with me. And then we fight about it. And then they play each other. And then one side makes excuses and the other side gets bragging rights. Like that's what sports is. College, professional men, women, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, soccer, whatever. And shying away from that on the women's college basketball side does a disservice to the game. And I think it might be too much to say it prevents the game from growing. But too many examples of treating the sport with kid gloves certainly does do that. Right. I think shying away within existing women's college basketball circles is a problem. I also think the lack of a debate period on our major broadcasting networks are a problem. I think sometimes in-game coverage shies away from that. And I think certainly we've got the first takes and the, uh, pardon the interruptions of the world who do not really touch women's sports in general, certainly very rarely touching women's college basketball. So there's, there's a space in the market and we are here to offend you. That's right. The, the lack of coverage in general in the PTIs and first takes and whatever else there is, puts the actual on-air personalities covering women's sports at a disadvantage because now when they come on the air, they have to catch everybody up. And by everybody, I mean the casuals who are just tuning in, not the people who live and breathe the sport. And so by doing that, then there's less opportunity to really go in depth. And then there's also, you know, looking at the NCAA tournament last year, the need, maybe need isn't the right word, but 
the need to cover the sport, maybe on too much of a superficial level to try and keep that audience there. You know, they ran the same page Becker's package a hundred times during the first two rounds. And it got very annoying to everybody who was watching the whole tournament, but you also kind of understood why they were because you're having people who aren't necessarily women's college basketball fans tuning in and you want to explain to them why you should keep watching. And so you're going to keep showing, Hey, there's this generational talent at UConn who is only a freshman and having one of the greatest seasons a freshman has ever had. Here's why you should watch. And and so you get why they do it. It's just, you wish they didn't have to. And if you cover women's sports, like you would cover men's sports, that wouldn't be necessary. I mean, in 2019, CBS and Turner didn't have to run the same Zion Williamson package a thousand times. Right. Everybody knew who Zion was. Right. It's, it's interesting how there's room for more than one story on the men's side and for the women, there's just one narrative that we can run because that's the, there's less room for experimentation. It's less of a quote unquote proven product And so you find someone who, and listen, I'm not coming at this from a high horse. Like I covered last year's tournament. I am confident that I wrote headlines featuring Paige Beckers more than anyone else. Because she deserved it. She did deserve it. She did deserve it. That is my pushback. Yeah. She deserved every accolade she received. Absolutely. As did Zion. But he was not, well, no, 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 but. I I was going to make the case that there were other storylines and like there were, but not, not, you know, he dominated the coverage in a way that people critique too, probably fairly. The point though, is that there are countless incredible stories in women's college basketball that um, are apparent to those who are clued in and emerge pretty quickly when you give them the time of day. And I think like, Ari McDonald is a perfect example during last year's tournament where she was just like this tiny, because she was like five, six, right? Hey, 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 don't say tiny. An undersized guard who just dominated. And like most people probably knew nothing about her until she just blew up on the main stage. And it's not like she wasn't a star, you know? It's just that she didn't get the coverage until she was front and center on the biggest stage in college basketball. So I think we need to, we need to talk about these backstories. We need to like do our due diligence here and tell more stories than just one. And I think we can do that here. Yes. Two points to what you just said. Number one, the solution to kind of remedy the page Becker's mania isn't to give page fewer headlines. It's to give, keep giving her the coverage she deserves and also give everybody else the coverage they deserve. Right. You could do both. And there has been a lack of interest from the media, from the non-women's basketball-specific media, in doing that. And that is something that needs to be remedied. It has nothing to do with Paige doesn't deserve these headlines or Zion doesn't deserve these headlines. That's, that's the first thing. Second is, I think, you know who has done the absolute best out of anybody in raising the sport up, in getting people talking, in making sure the conversation 
is where it needs to be. And it's not just kind of covered at this superficial level, especially in the NCAA tournament. I think the people who were the best at it were the players. Yeah. Not only on the court, but off the court. I mean, we saw what Sedona Prince did yep. in bringing to light the weight room issue, the the inequities in the food. And it wasn't just her. It was other players who took the pictures of the swag bags that they got and compared them to the men. Right. And eventually got some change. Was it enough? No. But they took action and immediately saw improvement. Uh, the, the players were the best at that. And, you know, college basketball is about watching the players. Uh, the coaches tend to have the biggest personalities because they're there for more than four years. And it's just it's a disadvantage in college sports in general is that the players don't stick around long enough, really, for people to get to know them. I think right now in women's college basketball, we kind of have an exception to that rule because even though, again, they'll only be around for four years, they have unusually loud voices, and that's such a good thing. Yeah, I also think emerging, I was going to say during your first year of college, but in Paige's case, we've known about her for like four years before she even stepped foot on campus. Like she's been... And I think that's going to continue to be the case, right? I think we're going to have these high school, late middle school, even phenoms who have this following before they even commit to a school. And then people outside of their own fan bases are clued in. I mean, I think that was the case with Zion too. We've seen it more on the men's side in the past than with women, but now it's coming to fruition. I mean, I think a good example of that, you go with the spelling bee champion, Zayla Avant-Garde. Right. She's Mm -hmm. she's (laughs) she's a freaking genius, obviously, and captured our hearts by just being like this stone cold spelling savant. And she also just happens to be a world record holder and like a basketball guru on top of it. And she she's like, yeah, I mean, maybe I'll be an astrophysicist or something, but I'm going to play in the WNBA first. She's going to play college basketball. Very normal hopes and dreams. It's very it's very straightforward. The priorities are obviously in check. Listen, she could do it all, but, you know, God knows she's going to have a following by the time she's actually getting recruited. And it looks like that she's moving in that direction. Yeah, I will say Instagram's algorithm is maybe like a year away from making me the biggest college basketball recruiting expert on the planet, because from basically from the time that Paige committed to UConn, I'm a UConn fan, by the way. You're a Duke fan. Deal with it. I am a Duke fan. Basically, from the moment Paige committed to UConn, there was no Paige Becker's highlight video that I would not watch. And so because of that, I started getting more and more like women's basketball highlight videos, and I'm still getting them. So you hear this tangent we just went on. That's kind of what you could expect from listening to this podcast. Right. Because, yes, we will have you know, the, the X's and O's and we will have, Hey, did you see that great play last night? And you know, these games are coming up, let's pick them. But also, you know, the Cameron Brink throws down a dunk and shatters the backboard. We're canceling all our plans and just talking about that. Yeah. Cameron Shaq Brink is what right. the, uh, right. Maybe, maybe yep. Tara Vanderveer calls her that. Yes. Or, you know, if, uh, two coaches get into a fight on Twitter, We're going to talk about that because that's fun. And it's just what makes sports 
accessible is kind of that well-rounded coverage of it, right? Like the, the game and the plays draw you in. And so we'll talk about the X's and O's, but the personalities are what keep you coming back. And so we're going to talk about that too. And we'll argue because that's part of what this is about. And then you can argue with us because we're right and you're wrong, but we want to show you that. Right. Um, so like it's, it's all meant to be very engaging. And yeah. there, there, are, there are times when I don't think women's basketball, women's college basketball at least, is very engaging. Um, and we want to be part of that solution. I think one of the other things that we should say is like the lighthearted stuff, the fun stuff, the inconsequential to players beefing on social media or Cameron Brink throws down a dunk. Not to say that's inconsequential because it's fun as hell and like it's advancing the game, but it's not as serious as some of the other things. It doesn't count in the standings, right? Right. Well, no, but I think that there are, there are systemic issues within women's college sports within women's sports in general, but within women's college basketball that are so apparent, you referenced Sedona Prince earlier, just because it's such a close one-to-one with men's college basketball, it is so plain to see where the women get slighted. Um, And I think we're not going to shy away from that sort of stuff too. We're going to, you know, I think we'll speak our minds and, and be honest about, the way those injustices are covered, the way, you know, certain coaches handle situations. I I think of uh, one Kim Mulkey who has been on the scene over the past uh, maybe six months where, you know, I think we can talk about the way her off-court demeanor influences her recruiting, influences the way her program will go. Now that she's at a brand new one, I think it's even more engaging. But we can talk about more serious things too. And I think it's in fact worthwhile to do that in the same breath as talking about or on the same platform as talking about it in a lighthearted way. We see a lot of criticism where it's like mainstream media only comes in for the controversy. I think that's fair criticism in a lot of cases. We can we can do it all in one place and, and address both ends of it and stuff in the middle. That's a good point. I mean, you don't grow the game by only talking about the bad stuff and you don't grow the game by only talking about the good stuff. You grow the game by giving an honest representation of what it is and where there can be improvement, calling it out. And I think Kim Mulkey is a really good example because she is undeniably an excellent college basketball coach, one of the most successful in the history of this game. And I think people shy away from covering her more controversial side. And I don't want us to do that. When was the last time anybody with a national platform really brought up the Brittany Griner situation when she was at Baylor? Right. Anything else we need to say? Um, Just that my takes are always right. And that's, that's something that you should know before you really buy into this podcast. And you should know that if you want to congratulate us on our good takes, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Russ underscore Steinberg, R-U-S-S underscore S-T-E-I-N-B-E-R-G. I'm on Instagram at Rustagram. If you want to criticize us for our bad takes, Meredith, where can we find you? I'm at Mercash22 on Twitter, and I'm there far too often. 
I will see what you send my way. So obviously keep it negative and, and poke the bear so that I engage more. Yeah, I don't do much of uh, reporting on Instagram, but... I don't either. I just want followers. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I, I stick to my Twitter and you can, you don't, as Russ has said in a past iteration of this recording... You can you can just click on my stories for Insider. Uh, just search my name or go to Insider Sports, and anything that involves a woman is likely my story. Um, just click. I, it doesn't matter what I said. Just click. Hang out for a while. Maybe scroll to the bottom. You don't have to read. Look at the pretty pictures. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. And please feel free to critique me all you want. And for any South Carolina fans listening what is your home address and telephone number right my mother's maiden name is uh no listen our official stance as a podcast is that we love and respect Don Staley immensely and that sounds facetious but I genuinely mean it she is an incredible coach has an incredible program I will critique her where I feel it's due and I have done that in the past and we will discuss that at a later time that is a tease I have some history with the Gamecock with Gamecock Nation but I hope that you'll stick around to see that my my stance on the program and really any program outside of Duke is going to be holistic and well-rounded and not heavy-handed. At least I hope so. Well, North Carolina as well. All right. So that's a little bit about what we're doing here, what we're all about. We will be back soon with the first actual episode of this podcast coming up very soon. We'll get a few of them in before the season starts. And then once the season gets rolling, I don't know, we'll have fun with it. We'll be here often. Till then, have a good one.